Joe Burrow's next contract, quarterbacks to be paying attention to in college football, all the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show, the Friday Free For All, the show where we pass the producer's role. The producer's microphone gets thrown virtually across the screen. It is no longer sitting in front of me. It is in sitting in front of you guys, the listeners of the show, the live YouTube chat, the TDN Premium Discord. You guys give me the topics that you want to hear discussed on the show today, and we've already got a couple. Uh, that have worked their way into the show, and I'm sure as the show progresses on, there will be more and more things to discuss. All the more reason for you to come and join us on the YouTube side of things or join us over on the TDN Premium Discord uh, and sign up for TDN Premium. You can be a part of all the premium content that we have in the Discord. You can be a part of stuff like this where you give your topics for the show, all of the stuff that is included uh, with TDN Premium, a a cheap plug there for the TDN Premium service. Uh, But yes, the show gets gets handed over to you. We close out the week in style with the listeners taking over the show. So appreciate all of you being here, listening in the podcast feed, being in the live YouTube chat. Uh, Appreciate you ending the week here um, with me. Had a fun week here on the show and we're going to close it out in style and the uh, in the pre-show I was telling the uh, the YouTube audience that uh, the background a little bit on the video version a little bit messed up I'm moving so deconstructing the office has slowly taken part over the last couple of days and so a uh, little chaotic back here but you can catch that on the YouTube side of things so we've got Joe Burrow's next contract uh, as part of the topic he's the thumbnail for today's uh, show Sam Teets asked me in the TD and Premium Discord hey Chris we got a lot of returning quarterbacks in college you think we can go through a list kind of lay set the landscape a little bit of what the summer is going to look like from a scouting perspective and and how much returning uh, productivity there is in college football at the quarterback position. I said, sure, it's your guys' show. I'll write it down. And Sportsnut, while I was doing the intro to the show, has asked the question about which team will have a better record next year, the Jets or the Giants. That is just where we start the show. Those are the three topics that we are starting the show with, and who knows what else we can get to throughout the course of the next half hour or so that we will be doing this podcast. I do want to start, though, with Joe Burrow's uh, contract negotiations and the comments that I, I built, pretty sure they came from him that he made about thinking of other people during his contract negotiation. And that felt like a very, very clear indication that you know Joe Burrow in this process is thinking about the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals have three very good wide receivers that they need to consider paying here at some point. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all players, all wide receivers for this team whose contracts are coming up relatively soon and are going to get more money on their next deal than they are currently being paid by the Cincinnati Bengals. And so when you look at these comments and you look at Joe Burrow talking about how, um, you know, thinking about other people, T. Higgins has responded and said it means a lot that Joe Burrow is looking out for others in contract talks. And I don't want to completely throw cold water on this, but... I don't think Joe Burrow is going to take a pay cut in order for the Cincinnati Bengals to be able to pay T. Higgins, to pay Tyler Boyd, to pay Jamar Chase. Now, he might be able to 
play ball with the cap number and the Bengals might be able to present him with a contract structure and a setup where it is advantageous for the Bengals from a cap perspective so that they they can go ahead and do this. But Joe Burrow is not going to leave millions of dollars on the table so that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be able to get paid. That's just not how this works. Agencies don't work that way. Um, The position hasn't worked that way in forever, right? I mean, even when Tom Brady was quote-unquote taking a pay cut, right, and not taking as much money as some of the other quarterbacks, he wasn't doing it in the environment that we see now where quarterbacks are always trying to one-up each other and not in a egotistical way but they are always using the way the market is currently set to then reset the market right that's the way free agency and contract extensions have been working for what the last five to seven years pretty pretty regularly it's kind of been the way things have worked so Joe Burrow is not going to slot in below Jalen Hurts He's not going to slot in below Lamar Jackson. He's going to get more than those two contracts, right? And so to me, that's, that, that is the, the cold water that I kind of want to throw on this, that he can be thinking about he can be thinking about T. Higgins. He can be thinking about Jamar Chase. He can be thinking about the best way for Joe Burrow to get the most amount of money that he can while also structuring his contract in a way that allows the Bengals to operate and add other players. The Chiefs did this with Patrick Mahomes. The contract that Patrick Mahomes got from the Kansas City Chiefs is, is bonkers. It's ludicrous. It's what, 10 years, $450 million, $500 million, whatever he got? But it was, and the length of the deal and the money on the deal and the way that the cap is structured on the deal is spread out in a way to where when the big cap number numbers hit, that's probably when the Chiefs and Mahomes will re-come to the bargaining table and they will restructure this deal, lower those cap hits again, and then move the money out even further. But right now, they're in a window where the cap number on Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the game, is lower in comparison to what you think it should be for Patrick Mahomes, and that allows the Chiefs to operate in free agency, allows them to sign their draft class, it also allows them to... um, do extensions, all that stuff. Sports not points out in the chat. They also traded away Tyreek Hill, which also helped. Yes, it's not just a one-factor thing here. But when we look at this, I just I find it hard to believe that Joe Burrow's contract is not going to come in above what contracts came in this offseason. Now, maybe it's structured in a way that's going to be able to help T. Higgins. Maybe it's going to be structured in a way that's going to be able to help uh, Jamar Chase. And those two guys are probably the two more likely of the three wide receivers to get um, contract extensions from the Cincinnati Bengals. But to me, I don't think we're going to see a headline where Joe Burrow takes less than the contracts that were given out this offseason to Jalen Hurts, to Lamar Jackson. Um, I just don't see I don't see that happening. And the Bengals have to get that done first, and then you can work on T. Higgins. You can work on Jamar Chase next year um, when he's eligible. And that's the order of operations that this needs to go in. So I don't want to throw complete cold water on it because it is nice to see and it's nice to hear that Joe Burrow is understanding that the best way for him to succeed um, – as a football player and to be able to win a championship is he's got to have people around him and exploring ways that he can structure his contract in a way to be able to do that um, is a very noble cause. But again, I would just caution against the idea of that meaning that he's going to take less than what we've seen uh, from this offseason. Now, the other major topic that we want to talk about here on the show today, and, and, and Sam Teets, you're in the chat, hopefully. But you asked me, and I'm going to read it verbatim from the TD and Premium Discord, because I wrote in there, I said, folks, we are 10 minutes away from the show. What would you like me to focus on today? And Sam Teat said, there are a lot of quarterbacks returning to college this year. I don't know how comfortable you feel talking about them, but maybe we could scan the lay of the land. And I will tell you, my my summer scouting has been a little bit um, delayed, a little rain delay here because of the moving. I haven't been able to deep dive into these quarterbacks, but I have a schedule for myself when I'm going to start deep diving. So I have not started the deep dive into these guys for 2024. But 
I think it is very reasonable for us to sit here on this show today because it is going to be a topic of conversation on TD and Daily throughout the summer. Um, I'm hopefully going to be doing um, pretty regular updates to my top five or top ten at um, multiple positions, I would assume, throughout the course of the scouting process. I don't want to overwork myself here um, going from being the, the, the role that I've had here at TDN, being a producer, kind of being a third voice on things, to now being more of a host, doing a lot of different things. I want to put my opinion out there. I want to scout these guys. I want to have my thoughts on these players um, more so than I've had in years past. But I also don't want to say, yes, I'm going to watch 350, 400 players. Uh, that's a bit, it's a bit of a jump. So we're going to try to have pretty regular updates uh, to top 10 at certain positions. Quarterback, definitely going to be one of them. I am going to have a top 10 quarterback list ahead of the 2024 uh, draft cycle before the season begins. I will tell you where I see these guys uh, for me. Um, and But I think, importantly, for this lay of the land... We can just throw names out there. We can just throw names out there of guys that I'm very excited to watch, guys that I'm very excited um, to be keeping an eye on here, and it's going to be a long list. It's You're going to hear me read a lot of names, but that's because this is a very, very good draft class, and I think we'll put them in buckets, right? We'll start with the two at the top that I think everybody is talking about right now as the favorites, co-favorites, however you want to view them, the top tier of quarterbacks for 2024. That's Caleb Williams and Drake Met. Caleb Williams, Heisman winner. Caleb Williams, great year at USC. Almost had them competing for a college football playoff spot. Link and Riley. We know all the buzz that is surrounding USC for this season. And that's going to continue with Caleb Williams being draft eligible. Drake May, North Carolina, the other player in this bucket that is giving Caleb Williams a run for his money. And then I think after that, it is, there's a lot of, you can put these into multiple different buckets. You can you can have 15 different buckets. You can have four different buckets, however you want to see it. But I look at, after this, I look at guys like uh, Michael Penix Jr. in Washington, Bo Nix, who returned to Oregon, uh, Jordan Travis at Florida State, uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas. These are just some of the names that I think are in that next tier that I would be looking at. I'm very excited to watch Cameron Ward this season. Everybody who's a regular listener of TD and Daily, one of the first episodes I did, it was probably, I think, in the first 10 or 15 episodes, was me talking about how excited I was for Cam Ward. He could have came out, um, could have come out in the draft last year, didn't decide to go back to school, and I think you're going to see the growth from him uh, this season. Um, Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Um, I'm, I'm interested in watching um, guys that ha- had to go someplace else and are looking for success, right? Spencer Rattler at South Carolina. DJ Ui Ungalalite at Oregon State. Um, I look at, I'm just reading a list here. I'm going to be interested in watching uh, Cameron Rising. I'm going to be interested in watching Grayson McCall. Now, do I think these guys are first-round quarterbacks? No, I don't think any of the guys I just mentioned there were, but I'm excited to see them to, to set a base for us all of where these players are and see where they grow throughout the course of the pro- of the of the process. You got Jackson Dart um, that I'll be keeping an eye on at Ole Miss. You've got Jeremy Musa at Florida A and M. Um, I mean, the, the list goes on and on of players that you're going to be keeping an eye on. JJ McCarthy, uh, Shadir Sanders, um, KJ Jefferson, Tyler Van Dyke, Joel Milton, Michael Pratt at Tulane. Jaden Daniels at LSU. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I don't even think I mentioned Devin Leary, Riley Leonard, um, Kyle McCord. Uh, what Alabama does with their quarterback quarterback room is it going to be Jalen Milrow starting for them. I mean, there are quarterbacks um, that are going to be playing at very good levels uh, that we are going to be looking at through the draft lens um, that are on this list. Sam mentions a lot of veteran transfers. I mentioned Devin Leary, Sam Hartman, Jeff Sims, Brendan Armstrong, Phil Jerkovic. I mean, there are... Um, so many names uh, that I think, you know, uh, Dylan Gabriel, Tanner Mordecai. I mean, you just got all of these different names um, that you're going to be keeping an eye on. And so 
at some point throughout this process, a tier is going to emerge. And I have a feeling that, you know, Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to be at the top of that bucket. And then the rest of those eight names in my top 10 list will file in some order after that. But I am very much looking forward to um, watching these quarterbacks um, this season because it is a good group. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks who play the position very differently. Um, and it, is, it should be a lot of fun to see where this group starts this process. Right, and the process is always ongoing, right? But when when we start looking at Caleb Williams and Drake May and Quinn Ewers, we are looking at them now with a draft lens um, because they are now draft eligible, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it um, to to start deep diving. And Caleb Williams is the first player uh, on the list that I plan on deep diving into, um, and I'm starting with some of his Oklahoma tape uh, before I get into some of his USC tape to see the progression uh, from 2021 to 22, and then see how he looked in 22 entering the 23 season. But I'm I. I it's interesting to me, right? I'm a huge NFL fan, right? It's what we do here on TDN Daily, but I love college football. I love the idea of sitting down on a Saturday and just bouncing around between games and just watching all these games and having a conversation. You guys know mid-major Chris. I love watching the smaller schools. It's what I love to do. Um, and so we are going to bring that flavor to TD and Daily as this show has sort of evolved from what it was originally. Um, and so looking forward to what a college football season looks like uh, for this show and what kind of content we are able uh, to put together. But that's the list. And I didn't probably mention all the guys that are going to be um, in the mix at different schools um, go throughout the course of the season. I'm scrolling through the list just to see some names. And like Keaton Slovis at BYU. Um... Uh, JT Daniels now at Rice, Emory Jones at Cincinnati. I'm just looking at all of these guys that you know came in at different schools and have now transferred, and they're on this list. There are there are some fun names here that we're going to get to watch throughout the course of the season, and not just from a draft lens, but from a college football lens um, as well. Okay, we've got some listener suggestions, some some live YouTube chat topics that I want to get into here for the second half of the show, and I'll hit Sportsnut with the one that he asked at the beginning. Which team will have a better record next season, the Jets or the Giants? And look, I think on the surface, um, I want to I want to say the Jets. Um, I think the Giants, obviously, I think overplayed um, where we think they are from a talent perspective. Um, and I think the schedule for the Giants, because of how well they played last year, um, is something that is um, is worrying, right, from being able to predict them to win a lot of games. I look at their schedule. I'm not going to read it in order, but I'm just going to point out games uh, that are you know troublesome to me. They have to go on the road uh, to play San Francisco. They have to go to Miami. They have to go to Buffalo. They have to play the Jets. Um, we already know they got to play the Eagles twice. They got to play the Cowboys twice. Um, they have to go to New Orleans, which should not be a relatively easy matchup for them. So I, I worry about finding enough um, really, really, true, truly winnable games where I think the Giants will be favored um, in their matchups. I mean, they've got a nice. They get Seattle at home. That's still going to be a tough matchup. They get to play Washington twice. I think they're much better than Washington. I think winning both of those games is very on the table. Um, they host New England. I think they're better than New England. I think they can beat New England. Um, they host Green Bay after their bye in Week 14. I have no idea what Green Bay is going to be, but you would think that that is a winnable game. They get the Rams late in the season. Who knows what the Rams are going to look like that late. Um, so, again, I think there are a lot of tough matchups. We'll just count them. At San Francisco, at Miami, at Buffalo, home against the Jets, the two games against Philadelphia, and that New Orleans. That's seven games that I think are going to be uphill battles 
for uh, the New York Giants. Doesn't mean they can't win them. I just think they're going to be uphill battles, and I don't know if they're going to be favored um, in any of those games. When you look at the Jets, I think what's going to help the Jets is the second half of their schedule um, because the early part, the first six games, if they can get out of that at three and three, um, at at worst four and two potentially, um, they're off to the races. Their opening schedule for maybe those who don't know: home against Buffalo, at Dallas, home against New England and Kansas City, at Denver, home against Philadelphia. So a tough draw. But if you can beat Dallas, New England, and Denver, the three games that I think you're going to be most the the, the game the three games that I think are most likely for you to be favored in and have a chance to win. If you can win those three, at worst you're going to be three and three. I think you have a chance against Buffalo in Week One on Monday night. You get to four and two coming out of the bye. They've got a nice schedule at the end of November into December. They from Week Twelve on, home against Miami, home against Atlanta, home against Houston, at Miami, home against Washington, at Cleveland, at New England. In that stretch. I don't know if outside of maybe the game at Miami and the game Thursday Thursday night against Cleveland, depending on where Cleveland is and where the Jets are at that point, they're going to be favored in almost every one of those games down the stretch. That's important. Um, and so to me, I think if they can get out of that first stretch at 3-3, three and three, they're set up after their bye week in Week 7 um, to go on a run. So if I had to, if I had to guess... Um, I would say the Jets have a better record next year than the Giants. And that's assuming health for Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's assuming health across the board uh, in a lot of ways. But right now, as I sit here, um, it would very it, for me, it's very clear that the, I think the New York Jets will have a better record than the New York Giants. Tuttle, even before the draft results, is it wrong to think the Falcons can quickly find better success than the Commanders given they have similar quarterback situations? Current division strength bias, perhaps. I think it's a very fair question, Tuttle. And when I look at this, I think the quarterback situations are extremely similar. Um, They took quarterbacks in the same draft class. They both took late flyers on quarterbacks. They're both starting those quarterbacks uh, in year two. Really, truly, these guys' first opportunities to start. I know Desmond got a couple of games down the stretch. Sam got the last start of the year for Washington. But they're still both relatively unknown um, at the position. And so to me, I would call that a toss-up, right? We don't know what Sam Howell is. We don't know what Desmond Ritter is. Um, I thought Desmond showed enough flashes in those last couple of games to, to feel like he can he's not going to actively hurt you but we'll call them even we'll call them both unknowns we'll call them toss-ups um the division's going to help the falcons right the commanders have to play the giants twice like we just mentioned they have to play the eagles twice they have to play the cowboys twice i don't think they're gonna be favored in any one of those games any of those six games i don't think the commanders are going to be favored unless they just start out so strong and same how looks so good that the books um and the odds change on that throughout the season. So then we look at the rest of the roster. Well, I think the Falcons are building a much better offense. Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. They bring in Jonu Smith via a trade in um, ahead of free agency to start this year. I mean, I think I love what they're building. You got Terry McLaurin there um, in Washington. You got Brian Robinson Jr. to run the football. I just like the Falcons group uh, a lot better. And the fact that they're going to get to play the Carolina Panthers twice, who I know Bryce Young, everyone's very excited about that, but still a relatively unknown. It's the first year of a coaching staff. I think the coaching matchup goes to Carolina there. But again, I think the Falcons are a team that's further along in their cycle than the than the Panthers are. So you like those opportunities. You like the two opportunities against Tampa with Kyle Trask and or Baker Mayfield starting the Saints. You're going to be able to be competitive with the Saints. You always have been, but you think the Saints would probably be able to win um, at worst, split those games. The division certainly helps Atlanta in that regard. So just from that perspective, I would agree with you 100%. 
Tuttle that I feel that the Commanders are certainly um, behind the eight ball when it comes to the Falcons if we were comparing just those those two teams. And they are very similar in where they're at. I think we look at both coaches as being coaches we could, could, we could consider being on the hot seat, that it's a make-or-break year for them. They have to show um, really great improvement. And like, didn't the Falcons win like seven games last year and exceeded expectations that a lot of people had? Um, and so that's tough. You won seven games, you exceeded expectations, yet it's kind of a make or break year. And I don't know how much more wiggle room there is. Can you get to eight? Can you get to nine? That feels a little rich. Um, haven't really done a deep dive into the Falcons schedule. We'll do it here right now. Um, let's let's look at it. I'm pulling them up. But they finished second in the division last year uh, at seven and ten, almost won it. Washington feels stagnant to me, says Tuttle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, all right, the Atlanta schedule, we'll do it very quickly. Home against Carolina, home against Green Bay. All right, two home games to start the year at Jacksonville um, or at Detroit. Home against Jacksonville, but that's a London game, is it not? Yeah, that's a game in London. They play Houston. They should be favored in that game. They play Washington. They should be favored in that game. They go to Tampa. I think they've got a good chance there. They go to Tennessee. I think they've got a good chance there. Um, home against Minnesota. That's probably a tough one. They go to Arizona. They could win that game. Out of the bye, New Orleans, not going to pick them. At New York, not going to pick them. Would pick them against Tampa. Would I think Carolina, if you want to split. They get Indy, Chicago late in the season. Yeah, I mean, they've got a pretty good schedule that, that could be pretty good for them um that could put them in a position to where um they can win more games than they did a year ago and i think they'll be better than washington again their division certainly helps uh sports asks does will levis start in tennessee this year and if so what happens to Tannehill? the tennessee titans quarterback room and quarterback cycle circus revolving door is one of those underrated storylines that i think we all should be keeping an eye on again I don't think it's going to translate to a lot of wins and or losses for the Tennessee Titans. I think it's all kind of kind of caked in, baked into what we think of them as a team for 2023. Um, but it is something that I'm so, certainly going to keep an eye on. The fact that Tannehill remains on the roster to me, uh, sports not, makes me think that they're going to give this a go to try to be competitive. Now, you can look at that wide receiver room and say, how is that kind of group going to be competitive? But we know how they like to play. They like to run the football. They're not going to ask Tannehill to do a lot. If Tannehill can stay healthy, we've seen in recent years, he can do enough to help them win games. And they're going to get to play Houston twice. They're going to get to play Indy twice. So those are four games right there where if they are competitive, they can win those games. Um, so to me, I think Tannehill will start the year as the starting quarterback. And Will Levis will be the backup quarterback there in Tennessee. But if Tannehill gets hurt, if Tannehill struggles, if the team overall starts to slip uh, throughout the course of the season, um, I think uh, Levis will take over at some point so that they can get a full runway of being able to evaluate the guy that they took in the second round. They did trade up to go get him, so they feel pretty confident in him. But you probably want to give him a runway, a la Desmond Ritter. You want to give him an opportunity. Where, where's Tennessee's buy? Because that might be a really good indication of when we might get um, – Will Levis in there for uh, the Tennessee Titans. So I'm looking at the schedule. So their buys in week seven. So they play their first six six games, and this is a schedule that could very very quickly turn into uh, Will Levis starting. And I love it when a narrative comes together exactly the way that I planned it, even though I didn't look uh, at this ahead of time. First six games for the um, Tennessee Titans, and the chat can tell me where they think Tennessee is going to be after these six games. At New Orleans, home against the Chargers. At Cleveland, home against Cincinnati, at Indy, against Baltimore. They could very realistically, they could very realistically be, and that week six game is a international game, I believe. They could very realistically be one and five going into their bye week. 
two and four maybe at best. And I think the two games you would look at are Cleveland and Indy as two games that they can win. They could be two and four, one and five. And if they're one and five going into the bye week, home against Atlanta in week eight, that feels like a nice opportunity to start Will Levis. If you're looking for a nice soft spot to circle on the calendar to play Will Levis, to start him. So I think how Tennessee does through the first six weeks of the season, again, I'm assuming um, I'm assuming Tannehill, right? I'm assuming Tannehill starts the year, but if they go one and five or two and four, I think some very strong consideration will be made um, for Will Levis coming out of the bye um, in week eight against Atlanta. Heldy, what is one player we all have who we think is poised for a breakout this year? My pick is Jelani Woods for Indy. Ooh, not a question I've uh, even remotely considered. Maybe we do a, and I know I do this all the time, maybe we do a breakout candidate for all 32 teams show in the future. Maybe that's something that we do so I can pick one for all the all 32 teams. Um, but but gut reaction, um, I'm assuming we're, it's a not, you know, not a rookie player. You want somebody that's kind of established that you think is going to, you think is going to break out. Um I'm trying to think if there's anybody that immediately jumps off the page to me. Let me look at the teams. Let me look at the team logos and see somebody that I think is going to really emerge for any of these teams. I'm just scanning. I'm not going to pick anybody in the AFC East. Um, picking anybody in the AFC South. No, not really. The AFC West. No. I'm, I'm just trying to think. Jamari Salier for the Chargers uh, or George Pickens for the Steelers. Heldy says maybe put this on ice for a league-wide breakout show. All right, all right. I've convinced everybody. We'll do the show next week, um, and I'll, I'll try to go through and pick one breakout candidate um, for all 32 teams. But nobody immediately like jumped to mind. But my brain hasn't been thinking about that, so that's why nobody um, immediately jumps to mind. But we will definitely uh, do that show next week. I will make that a promise uh, right now. That'll be one of the shows that we sneak in throughout the show next week. Uh, appreciate you all being here. Appreciate everybody being a part of the Friday Free for All, the show where we pass the producers mic over to you guys and you drive the show with topics and with conversation it is always appreciated everybody in the youtube chat hanging out with us uh, giving us topics for those of you in the podcast feed would appreciate it if you rate review subscribe to the podcast uh, we greatly do appreciate a lot of momentum building you've already heard about some of the show topics next week we got a lot of fun stuff uh, for the summer plan so rate review subscribe you're going to want to share the show with a friend uh, you're going to want to be a part of this journey with us as we grow and we get into the 2024 draft cycle and into the 2023 college and nfl seasons we've got a lot of fun things planned. So appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll see you all on Monday.